Welcome to the Adam Fitch Podcast. I'm the host, Adam Fitch, and today I'm joined by Derek Moses Mosley. He's a PUBG content creator, caster, analyst, and all, all around just a great guy. Thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. Happy to do so. Okay, so since you're deeply embedded in the PUBG esports scene, and I guess PUBG at large, I feel like that would be the uh, best topics to go into. So I, I guess I'd say, like, why esports and why PUBG? So how, how did you get your start in everything here? Uh, well, I started by creating content. Uh, I was kind of, I was new to everything. I had been working full time for a long time. Uh, PUBG had come out a little bit after I had started making uh, my first couple of YouTube videos and I started making content there and uh, it was relatively well received. And uh, that August, I think the first couple of leagues started to pop up, the first of which was PUBG Online. I was always very interested in in casting and that kind of stuff, so I just sent a, a message to one of the guys, uh, Matram, actually, who's just recently cast PGC, so he's a good friend of mine, yeah. uh, asking how I could get into it, and he was like, yeah, come try it out. So that's that's how I got started. Okay, so uh, um, we'll talk about the current state of the game, right? So you play it a lot more than me. I'm absolutely ass on PC, so that limits the amount of games I can play, right? And plus, I'm probably just not good enough. But uh, people... Both, both fans and players, everyone really has come out and said uh, they've always got criticisms about the game, both ca- on a casual basis and competitive. Right? Well, how do you think things are? Do you think one? Do you think the game's esports ready? Two? Do you, have all the bugs kind of been taken out? Is it a smooth game now, or is it still in a bad place? I would say that PUBG is probably in the best place it's ever been. Um, now the game came out with an untold amount of like bugs and and optimization issues and. PUBG Corp has done a terrific job actually improving the game to a point now where there's it's never been better, but it's also got a long way to go. So it's it's a lot better than it was. But um, as far as the esports side is concerned, I think that there is certainly still potential there, not only for improvement, but just honing the way that the uh, the game is produced and and promoted. Um, okay. Uh, that's basically that's basically where I'm at right now is is looking at the next step. But yeah, there's been tried and true tournaments over the last couple of years that have shown that there is great potential for exciting esports content there. I agree. So I I tuned into PGI last year in in Berlin, and and that that was that was great, you know. And I think I kind of feel like it's been a a, a bit of a backstep going into leagues. At first, I thought it was a good idea because Rainbow Six did it pretty well, but I kind of feel like PUBG esports is better suited to tournaments. I know that the more games there are, the more you can kind of eliminate some of the random elements of the game and create more consistent results. But I, I think it's that this first year hasn't been great, and and I, I definitely think uh, prominent people in the scene, so like Nips Coach, for example, um, kind of came not came at me, but tagged me and stuff yesterday, um, and I gave my opinion. I think I, I think several aspects of everything that's gone in the past year have been crap, and he just didn't reply. Like so, I, I don't know. I don't know how much people actually believe that everything's perfect and, and everything's rosy or if people are just acting like it to, to obviously just keep the peace with the powers that be. Well, well, the thing is, is that it's it's a difficult battle um, because PUBG is, is a game that you can play in so many different ways. And it started as this casual sensation where, you know, messing around in hilarious hijinks was kind of what gave PUBG its initial popularity. So the move to a more serious mode, a more serious uh, league setup, I, I think was the right idea at the time, considering that every tournament in the last couple of years before the Pro League uh, was different rule sets, 
different uh, different point structures, uh, yeah. different teams being invited versus qualifying. So going to a, uh, I guess, a competitive integrity model where everybody qualifies, save for a couple of the, the big names, um, but they still had to fight their way to stay in the leagues, that in, it, in itself is a good idea. Um, but how the game and the leagues kind of uh, materialized was janky. Like PEL took a really long time to start. Yeah. NPL started before uh, different amounts of games for NPL, different amounts of games for PEL. There's the Asian leagues have different, uh, different point structures and that kind of thing. So there, there is not a really still true unification, but we kind of chalked it up at, internally as people close to the scene as the first year, you know, knocking off the the issues that might arise. Um, but ultimately, the biggest shortcoming, I think, at least in this first year, was just how the leagues were promoted, um, which were done regionally, but not in a way that would really draw an audience from the casual player base. People yeah. that just log in to play had no idea, for the most part, when games were going on, aside from, like, a small banner ad no, in the client. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I also think something I dropped the ball on Massively PUBG Corp, and, and I guess the tournament organizers that are working with them on these leagues, is communication. So, as, as you say, like, the, the uh, PEL started late. It was supposed to start in February, I believe, and then ended up going into into March. And it, it only, uh, there was only communication once I, I published a story about it being delayed, right? Um, some people kind of contested the, the reasoning for it and said, no, that's not true. But, I mean, everybody agreed um, that, it's, that it had been pushed back and, and no one said anything about it. So the players were waiting to find out what was going on. Um, my memory might be my, a little bit at time. <laughs> it might be a little bit off because, I mean, it was um, beginning of the year now, right? But Yeah, I mean, my impression, at least kind of putting two and two together, and, you know, I, I love the Starladder guys. They've, they've really been kind to me and, and have treated me well. Um, but they were put in a really tough position um, because they had, you know, everything set up. And every, anyone who knows anything about Starladder knows that their home base is in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And at that time, when PEL was starting up and around the time of the PEL qualifiers, Ukraine and Russia were, like, really not a good place. So at that stage, I think there was a decision made. And I would, I would like to assume that PUBG Corp probably gave this suggestion as well, saying that if... You know, there's potential for like civil unrest and you know, you know, warfare. Really, yeah. that having everything, including their pro league, their, you know, for lack of a better term, premier league in the, in the sense that you know Europe had all the big orgs, that they didn't want them to do it in Ukraine, and they found out that out really, uh, really late in the process, and they had to scramble to move everything, which is, I believe, why um, it started so late. That's, that's fair enough, but I'll go back to my original communication points. I don't think that kind of improved much over the year either. So, no. so it came to no. PGC, and it was another story that I wrote um, regarding uh, the revenue share skin. So the in-game in team-branded items, which uh, team a lot of teams were kind of sold on the idea of pub, like competing and, and investing in PUBG on. It was like, right, we're going to get something back. We're going to work together. Kind of how like Rainbow Six have done things, and Rocket League have finally got there as well. Uh, and there was no communication there. Um, besides, the, so they sent an email to team owners, right? But there was, there was nothing to, to the players or anything. So when I, I published a story and I said, right, an announcement will come later today. And then I never actually touched on the fact that they were canceling these items. Instead, they said, right, we've got these PGC branded items and, and kind of dusted it off. So, I mean, I, I think there's a severe disconnect between the, uh, the public perception of things and, and what's actually going on. And I think they could do a, a lot more work to 
to kind of bridge that gap and make things easier on themselves, but they don't seem As to a, do it. Yeah, I think that the the overall, I kind of look at the, you know, being on both sides of the game, both as a, you know, content creator and player, mm -hmm. as well as a, on the esports side, I don't think that actually changes much. Because on the, on the regular side of the game, we don't really know what's coming. We get sometimes teases, this and that, and the community has a lot of vocal opinions on how things uh, could be done or should be done yeah. um, at, var at varying different levels that we don't really necessarily get a response it, it does, it's been getting better. It, it's had high points and low points, certainly. I'm not going to say that they never communicate, but like a roadmap and that kind of thing. And looking at the esports side, uh, when it comes to the skin specifically, that one was pretty rough because at the beginning of the year, I think that everyone was kind of been told, uh, at least from my conversations with some of the team owners, is yeah. that PGC is going to be the time where you're going to get your skins, you're, you're going to have your ghost branding and all that other stuff. And I think due to what I imagine was a conflict with what I believe internally is called like their premium team, like their premium development unit, like the guys that are responsible for the skins and monetization process in the game. Okay. Uh, the, it, it came out really close to the new season pass. And considering all the different individual skins that are included in the pass, I don't know if they wanted to necessarily be competing with team skins. But this is all just conjecture because we'll never know for sure what the reason was <laughs> aside from that I, looking at the revenue breakdown that – the way they did it was very lucrative for PUBG as well because they retained, I think, half of of or or, or more so of yeah, yeah. Uh, of the of the transactions. But you know, it also really increased the prize pool like monumentally, and not to mention a lot of these teams that did make it into the finals did see an increase in in the skin money being attributed to them essentially by user selection and the pickums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just but a lot of people were let down strange. too. A lot of people were upset. About uh, of course, well, and, and so. I mean, um, so I've spoken to people behind the scenes, team owners, general managers, stuff like that, and yeah, that people who have or do still compete in in the game, and and they're very annoyed. And I mean, I think that was almost like the the final bit for some people. It's like right, we're, we're, the final straw. I can't really take much more of this. So I imagine more organizations will drop out next year unless there's like drastic shifts. Like based on conversations I've had, at least you know, um, right. And I mean, we I've heard similar sentiments. Uh, I, I guess the the biggest uh, I, when I'm when I'm thinking about you know PGC in this last couple of weeks, it really did kind of glaze over the fact that between PGC and the end of NPL, I think two or three organizations dropped their dropped their rosters, uh, and that is to add to the accounts of like Cloud Nine and a bunch of other organizations on both sides of, of the Atlantic dropping their organizations because there's just not a way forward for monetization. Yeah. And if you're going to maintain this league structure with, you know, uh, the equivalent, um, like 60 plus teams across the world that could vie for a championship, having your North American league, arguably one of the weakest markets, something that you'd want to improve on dropping their rosters repeatedly or um, continually, that is, that is, it's just such a warning sign that, you know, you're not going to have an environment that seems sustainable. And I'm wondering now at this point where the competitive league or the competitive season is essentially over mm -hmm. what the next step is, because there was no announcements come out of PGC as to what, you know, that would look like. Whereas in PGI last year, um, there was a big press conference with, I believe, the, the CEO saying, here's what we want to do. And this is what we, you know, what we learned and what we're going to look at going forward. Yeah. But there was none of that this year. No, and I think that comes down to communication, but it could also be the fact that they don't have a clue themselves, like they're working things out. So, of course, of course like you hear things behind the scenes as to what's happening, but I haven't heard anything that that appears to be concrete just yet. 
So I guess perhaps they're uh, like revising things. I, I personally think they'll try and reduce costs for themselves next year because I mean it's it's obviously not cheap to be doing to be running like six leagues, three additional competitive regions, and then uh, international and global events each year. Like especially with like low viewership and and stuff like that. You know, it's it's not sustainable. So it's just how long well, they're willing to go along with that, in my opinion. The the viewers, yeah, and, and the viewership thing is such a big. It's such a big problem because it's a non—it's a non-problem, in my opinion. Like, you, you, yeah, low viewership is a, is is bad. Analytics, bad, all that stuff. But the way that PGC was was promoted could easily be done, in my opinion, regionally for the different leagues. I mean, the 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 client itself, uh, where you can advertise having a a specific tab or a or a live link. Mm-hmm. Is all done in other esports. Overwatch League, you know, there's some embed questions where you know viewership can be tampered with. But in PUBG's case, they aren't utilizing, again, in my opinion, their their best resource, which is the player base that logs into the game every day. Yeah. So if you can have advertisements in the client, your viewership numbers will go up. It, we just saw it with PGC. Now PGC wasn't a dazzler, but it was significantly improved over the league formats and, and stuff like that. Not to mention the marketing push. I've I've never seen since PGI last year more of the community be more involved in PGC because they just simply knew about it. And that's, I mean, it seems like a no-brainer to me. That's one of my major frustration points as, as both a fan, uh, a participant, and, and just someone who wants to see PUBG Esports succeed. Yeah, so c- can you explain to me a bit about what they've done? So have they introduced, or did they introduce, like, super settings or, like, a PGC playlist or something along those lines? But And, and the whole lab thing that's been going on. As someone who hasn't followed it too closely, are you able to explain Ooh. a bit of that for me? Yeah, so the, the PUBG Labs thing is, is essentially a new endeavor um, led by, uh, again, I'm not sure if, uh, if you know him or have spoken with him, but Brian Corrigan uh, is kind of the guy right now, which is really a breath of fresh air because we haven't really had a touch point aside from, you know, Hawkins, who has been very, very active in the North American community. Yeah. But this is a develop. Brian is a developer. His team makes components of the game. So Labs is their project where they are using it to test per, uh, potential additions or changes to the main game in the main client without using the test servers. Right. And now during PGC, they wanted to, because the community was so, uh, at least in the competitive side, very adamant that they needed to have a competitive ranked queue, not only to bring in new talent to the esports scene, uh, just through organic, you know, leaderboard grinding, just the way, just the way that the the entire uh, league format or the entire competitive scene started at the very beginning of PUBG. Yeah. There was a competitive leaderboard. There isn't right now. So they brought this thing in, but the way it was executed was in a way that you know it just said PUBG Labs, uh, you know, try now, and it was very small. And the branding wasn't great. The their use in the client is was not was not utilized well and. Not only that, it was mentioned on Twitter, at least on, on Brian's account, that there was a lot of internal pushback before the mode even launched. And now, this is just my opinion, and obviously not only rooted in what I've observed, but if there was internal pushback from the beginning and the, the lab's format was not really advertised that well and only ran for a short period of time, it didn't really feel like it was given a very fair shot at being successful. Um, but... On top of that, they've now moved on to the skill-based matchmaking test, which just started yesterday, which is a 36-day-long con- uh, 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 test okay. that will integrate skill-based matchmaking in a ranking system into the base game mode. 
but there's been no changes to the esports settings. So again, the big disconnect is the main community that just plays PUBG as they know it, and the esports settings, which is arguably a much better way to play the game um, that has not received any attention or any push into the into the mainstream. Uh, and, and it's kind of starting to feel like it might turn around, but we don't know what the feedback looks like um, because it, it kind of feels like PUBG relies mostly on analytics versus what might be a narrow opinion, at least in the West. Okay, now that, that's interesting. It's it's weird how like okay, we'll give it a go, but only kind of we'll only we'll half ass it, you know. We won't do it fully. Ho- hopefully, things do turn around. Cause it's obviously very important, and I think it's almost imperative that people have the opportunity to experience um like a real competitive setting as much as possible without going to a LAN or something, right? And 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 if they think they're good enough to make it, then this is a a good like first test for that. You know, and then well, every every game needs a path to to the, to get there. Like Counter Strike, Counter Strike is barely you know casual mode is 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 like a warm up game. Everyone is playing the matchmaking mode, which is the same mode as uh, that they play in in tournaments. So in PUBG's case, if they do want truly to have a healthy esports scene long into the future, there needs to be a path for people to try it out and and see and. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of battles happening there because PUBG's player count is drastically reduced, uh, especially in, in North America, uh, where, in my opinion, the game should have been free to play about you know a year ago to compete with likes of Apex and Fortnite. But that's a different discussion. Yeah, well, so I've I've got a bit of a, a theory. I won't call it a hot take, but I have a bit of a theory that PUBG Mobile stand a mu- stands a much better chance of being like a, a long term esport and a, and a kind of thriving, healthy esport. That's not a hot PUBG. take. Yeah. No, no, that's no, what I'm saying. But that's I've got just reality. Yeah, uh, a lot of people don't see it yet, though. Is is more is more so why I'm saying it's a theory now as opposed to just standard thought. You know, because yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't know how separate the teams are. I assume very separate in terms of the PUBG Mobile esports team and the PUBG esports teams. Oh, it's a different company. Tencent. Exactly, uh, Tencent yeah. is, and their studio is is primarily responsible, actually solely responsible, from my understanding, for all of PUBG Mobile. It is uh, aside from the branding, and I think probably. At the executive level, a lot of you know meetings and, and you know game planning and stuff like that. Uh, it's a different game. It's it's a, it's the same game, but it's a completely different yeah. um, entity that re- is responsible for it. And there's a lot of a lot of things in PUBG Mobile that PUBG probably should you know start either copying or or, or bringing over. Um, but as far as the esports scene is concerned, it is it is truly massive in parts of the world. Um, I've been to India to see what it's like the turnout. Um, for just a just a a, a sole university level tournament where a bunch of kids came out, formed some teams, and they packed an arena of oh, wow. like standing room only. Mm. It was, it's insane how big PUBG Mobile is, and mobile esports is is the future. There's no there's no doubt in my mind. No, I mean the fact that everybody can kind of compete as long as you've got some sort of internet connection, right? Uh, it's, yeah, uh, you're on a bus going to work or something, you know, like you're on the toilet. No matter where, like for me, I'm on the toilet playing a game. You know, what I mean, like <laughs> I actually play more toilet, more games on the toilet than I do off of it at this point. It's just too busy. But no, no so I feel, I feel like I, I'm not watching it particularly closely, but I'm I'm fully expecting PUBG Mobile to to be the one of the two to kind of blow up. It'll just it'll just take a bit of time, but we'll we'll get there. So I guess we'll yeah, um, they have a tournament going right now too. Actually, they're they're playing their their finals in Malaysia right now, as far as I know. All right, okay. Well, I went yeah. to the uh, PM. All right, it's a really long title. PMCO Spring Season Finals or something. I don't know in yep. in Berlin, and that that was crazy to see. Right, uh, it's it's ridiculous. I don't, I wouldn't say the audience like the physical audience was 
um, massive, but like the, the viewership outside of that like, online viewership is ridiculous, right? Yeah, but, um, it's, it's all over the world. It's huge. I, I guess we'll shift um, focus onto back onto um, like the PC version of the game, right? And and how you think the first year has gone of like PUBG esports like official efforts? Yeah, I, I think that the the especially on the tournament organizer. Uh, you know, I have a a big big spot in my heart now for OGN, having watched them boot this league up and the passion in which they did so in North America um, was was just next to none. Um, the the value, the the effort on in front of the camera and behind the camera was tremendous. I mean, the just to kind of give an overview for those who uh, are interested and maybe didn't you know hear this type of stuff. But OGN not only did they in partnership with PUBG have top of the line hardware like 240 hertz monitors 32 gigs of, uh, of you know 3200 uh, hertz ram the the 2080s all the, like really really nice hardware and the biggest thing with PUBG in the in the cost perspective is just how many players you have on the stage mm -hmm. that's times 64 so that's a huge cost by itself but not only that but they outfitted a a long-term stay hotel with individual player practice rooms with identical hardware to what they play with on the stage. Um, not to mention they brought in like at a huge expense, like good internet for the hotel, all that stuff. Um, but you know, the, the effort level on OGN side was massive yeah. and the player treatment and everything was huge. But my, my biggest critique, and, and I imagine star ladder was similar in that way uh, and across the world. But my biggest critique was that again, they did not do a good job advertising and PL outside of game days you know even when in the client when there was no game day going on you would have no idea that PUBG has an esports program at all there's just there's no uh there's no tab for esports there's no banner and they had this you know all the screen real estate um to to advertise that NPL was going on or to promote their league and it just wasn't happening and, and that was a frustration point for me because Again, all these guys, uh, all the talent and everyone at OGN was working so hard to have this uh, be a great production. But as the weeks went on uh, and the phases went on, there was there was definite interest in the core user base that was interested in NPL, uh, but they they weren't really gaining new viewers. Um, just in my opinion, due to lack of advertising. So if, if there was one thing that that I wish they would change from one year to the next, is just the getting the word out, you know, e either through social channels, promotions, uh, skin packages, drops, all the thing, all the tools that are available and have been used in the wider esports industry, <clears throat> PUBG just has not utilized yet. And that's something I think that they could really do yeah. uh, or, or use moving forward just as long as they, you know, they, they have to buy in fully to their own program, in my opinion. Well, I mean, it was even segmented in terms of social media, right? So there's the PUBG esports account. And then Pell's got right. his own account, but then OGN was tweeting out like the NPL stuff, right? It's not an official NPN channel anywhere. Yeah, um, and I don't know how that I, works. I think I, I, my my understanding, but... at least for the PEL stuff, was that Starladder requested the ability to run their own Twitter and that kind of stuff. Now okay. they did a good job with it, but I think that was Starladder's request. Uh, but uh, as far as the OGN stuff is concerned, OGN is, is is more than NPL. Like, that was their flagship program, certainly, but OGN is new to North America. Mm -hmm. So I would also understand why they want to they want to bolster their social channels and their market penetration just from a brand awareness standpoint. Um, but ultimately, yeah, just the, uh, the cadence of content, uh, the websites, you know, there's a lot to manage. Like, there's, there's six or more leagues 
that are that are getting a lot of traction uh, in various parts of the world and to have all these individuals doing it. I, I can see the workload, but maybe that's something that they just needed to, to, to plan for, at least in the initial stages, but maybe that'll be different for next year. Yeah, so, so you're speaking of websites, so I, I wrote content, um, like um, PUBG content for Star Ladder, for maybe two, three months, maybe four months or something, like interviewing players, and it'll go up on, on the, the PEL, on the PEL website, and um, I had to stop, because payments were not coming through on time right and i also heard this was happening for full-time members of staff because like pubg mobile tournament prize pools had to be paid out so it was going to be delayed for me uh and i i don't know how far that extends but yeah i definitely heard it's the case first like full-time staff members who are relying on that for a living you know like working their ass off as everyone most people do in esports because it's you know you don't just do like eight hours and then sign off like it's, it's go go yeah. go so yeah, I, I, I messaged them, uh, my contact there, and, and said, right, what's the chance of me getting paid on a particular day, which was promised at, at the beginning? And they said, no, it can't happen because we just can't promise it. So I, I kind of worry about the place in which Starladder is. I know it's not um, stri- like solely a problem with just Starladder as well, obviously. like There's a lot of moving parts and operating like a CSGO major and all the other games. It's the topic well. no one wants to talk about. Honestly, I do. Because the, I love talking well, I know, about well, it. I, I, I hear you. <laughs> no, it's, it doesn't make it a good thing. Uh, but, you know, we've all, if you, like, I'm new to esports. I, I was I was not in uh, any sort of uh, esports industry or, or content creating at all three years ago. Mm-hmm. So I know that there's, I, I know that coming out of, you know, what is uh, equates to regular work and into esports, the first lesson that I learned is that net 30 is a pipe dream. You mm-hmm. know, that's not something that's going to happen very often. Now, some are, there are some exceptions there, certainly, and it's always uh, a nice change of pace. Shout out to PGL, by the way. They always pay on time. There we go. Um, but, uh, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I've never not been paid. Um, but uh, if you talk to any talent across any of the major esports, everyone has a story about you know, really long lead times uh, for receiving pay for an event or, or a piece of content or, or sometimes not being paid at all. Yeah, well, James Banks, I think yesterday or the day before at the time of recording, kind of went on a bit of a Twitter run, rightly so as well. Kind of didn't call anyone out in particular, but I mean, you can kind of guess based on who he has worked for, basically saying sometimes it's two months, sometimes it's three, so it can be up to six and beyond. And it's just, I don't, I don't understand how they think they can get away with it for much longer. At some point, I don't know. I guess it's the leverage they've got, right? They can easily just not hire you again if you freelance. That's the thing. And that's the biggest fear is that if you come out and say something, you know, that you feel is right, that you'll be punished for it. Yeah. And and, and I've been messaging certain people. I'm not saying anyone we've mentioned already, but just saying if you ever need help getting the word out, like there are people out there who are willing to, to do it, you know, and, and hopefully not jeopardize anything because we're not uh, like a journalist would not put something out if it's going to fuck up the situation for the for the source our sources right it's it's, it's yeah. a tricky one um but well, it's, it, it's growing pains too right hopefully hopefully in five years this topic is something we look back on yeah. and be like oh man i'm glad that's over yeah but i i don't know i still don't think i'm not i'm not saying you said this either but just accepting the fact that oh in five years it'll be fine so for now if we just put up with it for now i, no, I feel that's like we need, i'm saying no we, no no i'm not, I'm not putting words in your mouth yeah. I, I feel like yeah. we need someone who's just willing to bite the bullet, to, like jump on the grenade, you get, you know, and just call out these people and and create a change. But I, I would obviously never volunteer or expect anyone to do that. But I, I think that's what we need to to at least start to see a change and a bit of accountability held on people who are doing it. And I mean, 
I don't know. It's, it's it's a tricky one. I don't don't think it should be accepted. I don't think it should be like, yeah, that's fine. Whether like adding fines on, so if you don't pay within these thirty days, then each week we're adding a, like x amount on. Like I don't know if those that kind of tactics being used and utilized already. But if not, that should be an avenue to go down. If there if there are esports people out there, casters, whoever, like just I I'm, I can only speak for like the talent side because that's the only thing I really have experience with. So if you're on air talent and you're and you're struggling, I would highly suggest, uh, you know, having an agency or someone to represent you and deal with this stuff on your own, because that kind of insulates you from being the guy, you know, out there like James, you know, shout out to James. He's got a, you know, he's got a son, he's got a life, he's got a lead and not to mention he's doing it on his own. So having, having two or three months or six months between your paychecks is, I cannot imagine the stress uh, of having someone that you're responsible for that you just can't do anything about because you know what are you going to do you if you if you push the issue too much you're risking your own employment in the future so it is it is really it, it is a victimization but it's also it's like victimization through partnership it's a very it's a very sticky situation yeah i just hope it gets sorted soon enough so so that's one struggle of, of being talent right have you have you got any others that kind of um stand out to you so obviously if you if you're doing like analysis right a lot of research has to go into that um, are all the tools always available for you to do that for example you know uh well as far as like just the uh, within the game well no it, it depends i mean um it, it's at least my only experience again is in PUBG. so yeah. to in, in my opinion you know the the a lot of the player a lot of the players you know don't stream they don't create content and they just kind of at least in north america that's been a critique i've had for a long time mm-hmm. so they'll, they'll not be shocked to hear that but also, the tools available and and uh, at least giving the people that are interested in, so interested in creating content the proper tools. So um, I'm going to use uh, Toby, uh, or his, he goes by my name is Toby, which is Toby. He's a he's a he's a caster and analyst yeah. for PUBG. Um, I would love to see a guy like that have access to the tournament replay systems, which do exist. Okay. There are replays you can get and get access to remotely. Um, but PUBG Corp has not been particularly interested in, in granting that access um, because it would be potentially infringing on player tactics. So a lot of the pro players in the pro scene has pushed back on replays being used yeah. because they don't want to have people learn too much about them, like the competition. So on both sides of the coin, there's been stifling of potential content being created out of fear on one side from the players of having their strategies exposed and on the other side from PUBG Corp not wanting to give out access unfairly, which I can understand. You don't want to just give one guy uh, or one individual or one entity access to something, whereas, you know, looking at like games like StarCraft, you can get replays off of uh, off the launcher or something like that, or you can download them and, and analyze them. And some of the some of the best content you can find is use, use, using those replays. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of food left on the table as far as promotional opportunities that I think at least in PUBG's case would promote their esports, bring more content and and bridge the gap again between the player that wants to know more or the or the individual that loves the game and wants to know more about the esports scene but just does not have the resources available to go out and find it easily. Yeah. So so um besides that would you say there are any like um like hidden struggles or such like that that go into being being on air talent like broadcast talent? That say someone like myself who's never been it um, would would not maybe know. 
I'll really think well, about. I, yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, I made a lot of mistakes. Let me tell you that. Uh, I mean, again, I came in with no experience. So all I all I knew being a, a basketball fan is is what works for mainstream sports. Yeah. Um, so my my biggest piece of advice is recognize that even though you might have an opinion that you feel is right, it can cost you. So you have to figure out what you're willing to sacrifice in order to, you know, critique, let's say, the company that you're working for. Yeah. Um, or, uh, you know, how you approach uh, interacting with players on social media, um, how you portray. Uh, I'll, I'll use an example. Um, uh, that is a mistake that I regret even to this day that I got caught up in was the fact that uh, a TSM player, his name is Iroh, for the longest time had not been to a LAN. And this is a tremendously talented young man, and we know that now, but at least back then, there was a lot of concern considering PUBG's ecosystem and the etymology and, and all the things that have happened regarding the cheating in, in PUBG, both professionally yeah. and otherwise, yeah. uh, that there was a not a consensus, but a, a strong uh, section of players inside and outside the community that thought that Iroh was cheating. And um, I, I made a joke of, of, or a reference to that at, during a LAN at one point. And uh, at that stage, it was his first LAN. And as an individual, as a, as a human being, I can only imagine what that would have felt like to hear an on-air talent make a joke about something like that at your first LAN. Right. So that's something that I didn't even think about that would affect somebody in that way. And as an individual, again, as, a, as just a person to person, uh, that's something that I would never do again. Just even though it was a joke and just a, a slight reference or something like that, um, you know, there there is always a time and place for that kind of thing. But it, it's about the players most, uh, almost all the time. The talent uh, and and some talent get caught up in in just being the best that they can be and sometimes making them about themselves. That's a mistake that I think everyone's going to trip over. Um, but you know, in the case of just being recognizing that your words have impact and your actions have impact on both sides of the game, both on individuals as well as, um, you know, yourself, um, is, is something that every talent needs to consider. Like, what are you getting into it for? Are you getting into it for yourself or are you getting into it for the love of the game? And, and there was a, there's always going to be a bit of, a, you know, egomania in the, in the, in the talent side of things. So just be careful. Don't get lost in it. And, you know, just just be true to what you think is best, and that's promoting the game you're covering. Yeah. So so obviously you you create um content, you stream and upload videos, right? Yes. Um, and and you mentioned not too long ago that players in in PUBG North America specifically don't tend to do that too much. Some do. Some do. Well, yeah. I would say, I would say shout out to K Mind, who was I think the biggest uh, the biggest draw as an individual player, but he's moved over to Europe now. So yeah. you know that's a resource we're going to lose. But yeah, there's there's been a lot of opportunity. Um, and in some cases, um, you know, guys have, have built their followings from the ground up just based on just clicking the go live button, which is all you really need to do if you're really talented like these pros are. Yeah. How important do you think that is both, I guess, on a player side, it's kind of obvious, but I guess anyone in general, right? So if, if you're working for a company, they can take everything away from you in a second, right? But if you have, <laughs> they can really, especially if you like speak out against them, for example, but yeah. if, if, okay. content creation yeah. is something you... Uh, basically and for yourself obviously you're uploading to youtube and streaming on twitch but like it's, it's your content and it's, it's separate from um an employee it's stuff. Right? yeah it's your parachute in my opinion um I, you know i started as a content creator i i, I took two years like you know most most of the last two years off of what would i consider a, a regular cadence of 
created like stuff that I'm making. I have an editor that, you know, cuts up my gameplay videos and stuff for me. Yeah. But, you know, I, I haven't really had the same chance to make that stuff. And, and, and I'll say this now, um, only because, and this is not a, this is more of a cautionary tale than anything else, but you do have to be mindful of, of how you approach certain topics as talent. Like if you're going to do both, I really encourage anyone who's in esports, <laughs> make your own content, stream, have a following that is there for you because eventually, you know, something will change either your uh, ability to go to events or the willingness of, uh, of, a, of a game company to put up with certain content creators <laughs> and their opinions on the game and stuff like that. And yeah. eventually they'll stop inviting you to stuff. Um, but uh, if you have that as a base and you can go back to that and build it and, you know, it's something that if, if the, that, that esports contract goes away, um, which for some is the only income they have and the only thing connecting them to full-time esports is a singular contract, if that goes away for some reason, what is your next step? You know, if you can't find another contract or the, the league you're playing in dries up, uh, I'm, I'm looking at like the H1 Pro League guys. Yeah. You know, um, there's, there's always got to be a parachute and there's no better way to do that, especially with the, the, the demand for content and the shakeup in the streaming world right now, get out there. If you're if you're truly talented and you have the ability to formulate even moderately entertaining sentences, you absolutely should be streaming. Uh, a good example in the PUBG community is Tiggleton. Uh, he plays for the Sonics. Yeah, he's he started just you know just with five viewers, and he's making traction. He's getting featured, and it only came because of hard work. And uh, in, in my case, I'm glad I did it. <laughs> I'm glad I have that content. No, no, without a doubt, I think it makes sense, and I think we'll see a shift for more people doing it. Right? I mean, it's it's not too costly for like for this, for example. I just bought a mic set up, and I've got a laptop. Like, it's not expensive at all. I already had the laptop for work and gaming and stuff, right? So, I mean, it doesn't take too much to get going over time. If it starts becoming something that you're popular in and you're good at, like you can upgrade. But yeah, yep. I, th I think sometimes, what well, a lot of the time with most things in life, it's like the hardest thing to do is just starting. Just saying, right, I'm actually just going to do this and, and go for it and not care what other people think and, and see how it goes. Obviously, Absolutely. it doesn't always work out um, like my podcast, cause my podcast could end after like five episodes because no one watched it. Who knows? But, you know, it's very possible. I, I don't know. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> it's very possible. Well, what, be I shit. Get, what, what, I'm <laughs> what I'm trying to say, I guess what I want to add on to that is that it's, it's, it's possible that no one will watch. It's actually yeah, yeah. kind of feasible that no one will watch of because... Course. Everything, like my first couple of videos, my first couple of streams were nothing. I was sitting there talking to myself. And then there comes a time where one guy shows up and then maybe another guy does. Next yeah. thing you know, six months down the road, if you're doing the right things, you're being regular, you're you're getting past that initial hump of no one's watching this, then then you, ha you have to either get better, learn, or stop. And I honestly think that the first two are, are probably better options if you really, truly want to be successful and, and, and make something for yourself. Of course, right. So I've got I've got um one more question, and I will I will let you go. Right. So I, I assume you think PUBG is the best battle royale game, right? Or well, maybe, that's a maybe very not. complicated question. I mean, is it, it your favorite on, game then? Uh, as far as a battle royale is concerned, yeah. in my genre of games, which is like FPS shooters, yeah, yeah I don't think there's a better competitor uh, for a semi-realistic. Um, the, the gunplay in PUBG is still to this day unmatched, okay. uh, in my opinion. Um, I think that's, you know, obviously Counter Strike would be a, another big one there, but 
purely from a satisfaction standpoint, PUBG does have the best gunplay, and because that's important to me as an FPS gamer, right. I do believe it's the best shooter battle royale out there. Uh, as far as the best battle royale, yeah. I don't think you can take that title away from Fortnite anytime soon, just considering how they've marketed, managed, and, and evolved their game um, on a month-to-month basis over the last couple of years. No, no, that's fine. You, you, I was trying to get you to completely slander the other titles, but it didn't work out. Well. <laughs> I, I just thought I'd honestly, see. man, like it's 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 such a it was a new genre and it exploded. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that uh, honestly PUBG wasn't ready for. I, I think that if they had known that they were going to sell fifty million copies in the first year, um, they probably would have pushed the release back a couple of months uh, for early access, um, just because the the amount of the amount of weight that level of success must bring down upon what I believe was like a 15-person development team. Right. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's got to be scary. Like, that's ridiculous. But so I guess if you look at um, how far it's come uh, as a whole, like, like it's, it's supporting people creating content, like it's all these um, leagues and such, and there's global championships going on. Um, and I know I've been pretty critical, but I do, of course, I hope things work out. I hope things... Get, get a lot better and it becomes a top tier e-spot like that's that's fine whether i like the game or not like obviously i just want the whole industry to do better you know and and the more competitors there are in terms of games the the more uh, development teams are such a push to do more and to do better and i think that's what fortnite did quite well it kind of kicked everyone up the arse a little bit and and yeah help people and, to and revise I, some things some and something that i i try to say a lot and to remember myself even though you know, there is va- a lot of valid criticisms as to how PUBG operates both their game and their esports program. I recognize that there are people on the other side as well that are, are doing the best they can with the direction they're receiving, yeah. or the guy at the very top has got, you know, the, just trying to do their best. And again, they are still in a position where they are fleshing out their infrastructure, trying to make the game as functional and accessible as possible, tackling competition. You know, it is a very difficult process. I can only imagine. You know, it's very easy for me to sit in my room here and say, well, you got to do more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're all human. They all have kids and families and jobs and they, you know, dreams and desires just like everybody else. Um, and that is that's something that I always keep in mind and everyone should keep in mind, regardless of the genre of game or, yeah. or the title you're following, is that there are other people that you could potentially be, again, you know, affecting with how you approach criticism. So, yeah. I would never say someone needs to get fired, but some things do need to change. Uh, I will, I will agree with that, and I'll keep it there before I get in trouble. So, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Um, would you like to tell people where they can find you online? Yeah, you can find me on all social at uh, WTF Moses on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, you name it. I'm there. Um, I stream all the time. I'm making content all the time, and uh, maybe someday I'll be back to cast and PUBG all the time too. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'll see you guys out there real soon fingers crossed for you thank you very much for coming on i appreciate it um i'm by adam fitch everywhere subscribe if you want to see more i'm planning on doing this weekly and i'm pretty consistent with stuff so yeah if you like what you've just listened or watched to uh, watch then feel free to subscribe uh thank you very much and i'll i'll see you soon